And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West. Most haunted city in the country. Excuse me. Got the hiccups. This is February the 2nd. 33rd day of the year. 332 days remain till the year's over with. And this has been a interesting date in history. This is Groundhog Day. Pastor Tony Phil comes out and says it's going to be more winter or not. And he saw his shadow, so we got six more weeks of winter to look forward to. You know, interestingly enough, the very first Groundhog Day was in uh, 1887. It's the first time folks figured out that uh, groundhogs are just as good prognosticators as uh, TV weathermen. 506, Alaric II, the 8th king of the Visigoths, promulgates the breviary of Alaric, a, collect, a, correction, a collection of Roman law. The, in 880, the Battle of Lunenburg Heath, King Louis III of France is defeated by the Norse Great Heathen Army. Lunenburg Heath in Saxony. Great Heathen Army, I like that. The, uh, in 962, Pope John XII crowns Otto the first Holy Roman Emperor, the first Holy Roman Emperor in nearly 40 years. 1032, Conrad II, Holy Roman Emperor, becomes King of Burgundy. Uh, 1438, nine leaders of the Transylvania Peasant Revolt are executed at Torda. The, uh, 1645, the Battle of Inverlochie took place in Scotland in the War of the Three Kingdoms. 1653, New Amsterdam, which later became New York City is incorporated on this date. 1709, Alexander Selkirk is rescued after being shipwrecked on a desert island. His adventures inspired Daniel Defoe's adventure book, Robinson Crusoe, and his faithful sidekick, Friday. <clears throat> 1814, the last of the River Thames Frost Fairs comes to an end. 1848, Mexican-American War, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo is signed. 1850, Brigham Young declares war on the Tempanogos in the Battle of Fort Utah. 1868, pro-imperial forces capture Osaka Castle from the Tokugawa Shogunate and burn it to the ground. The uh, 1876, a date that will probably live in history longer than any others, the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs of the Major League Baseball is formed on this date. 1881, the sentences of the trial of the Warlocks of Chivoli are imparted. The uh, 1900, Boston, Detroit, Milwaukee, Baltimore, Chicago, and St. Louis agree to form Baseball's American League. This date, 1901, was the funeral of Queen Victoria, one of the longest reigning queens um, 
other than the current, I believe, former one, uh, Elizabeth. The uh, 1913 Grand Central Terminal opens up in New York City. 1922, a book I absolutely detested, Ulysses by James Joyce, is published. I was required to read it in school. 1922 also saw the uprising called the Port Mutiny start in the region between Yugoslavia and Savokoski in Finland. 1925, the serum under Nome. Dog sleds reached Nome, Alaska with diphtheria serum, inspiring the Iditarod race. 1934, the Export-Import Bank of the U.S. is incorporated. 1935, Leonard Keeler administers polygraph test to two murder suspects. First time polygraph evidence was admitted in U.S. courts. And I watched an individual who we all knew was a pathological liar actually beat one of the best polygraph machines out there. Okay. Uh... In 1942, the Oswald Group was responsible for the first active event anti-Nazi resistance in Norway. They were protesting the inauguration of Viguna Quisling as the leader of Norway. After that, anybody who sided with the Nazis was a Quisling. This date, 1943. Battle of Stalingrad comes to an end when Soviet troops accepted surrender to the last organized German troops inside the city. It's one of the biggest battles of the war. The uh, 1954, the Detroit Red Wings play in the first outdoor hockey game by any NHL team in an exhibition against the Marquette Branch Prison Pirates in Marquette, Michigan. 1959, nine experienced ski hikers in northern Ural Mountains of the Soviet Union die under very mysterious circumstances. Apparently, in the snow, in the below-zero weather, they went wandering out of their tents without their boots. Quite a number of other strange things about uh, this particular series of uh, murders. Uh, 1971, Dr. Idi Amin Dada replaces President Milton Obote, the leader of Uganda. The uh, 1971 International Ramsar Convention for the Conservation and Sustainable Utilization of Wetlands is signed in Ramsar. Mazandaran, Iran. Nineteen eighty reports surfaced the FBI's targeting allegedly corrupt congressmen in the Abscam operation. They can't do anything else, but they can go after elected officials. Um nineteen eighty two, the Hama massacre. The government of Syria attacks the town of Hama. Nineteen eighty nine in the Soviet Afghan War. On this date, the last Soviet armored column leaves Kabul. They got their head handed to them by um, guerrilla fighters. The uh, 1990 F.W. de Klerk announces the unbanning of the African National Congress and promises to release Nelson Mandela. 1998, the Cebu Pacific Flight 387 crashes into Mount Samagawa. In the Philippines, kills all 104 people on board. 2000, the first digital cinema projection in Europe and Paris. 
uh, realized by uh, Philippe Benat with the DLP Cinema Technology developed by Texas Instruments. I mean, you can actually see the hair in somebody's nose on a digital screen. 2004, Swiss, Swiss tennis player Roger Federer becomes the number one ranked dance singles player. He held it for a record 237 weeks. 2005, the government of Canada introduced the Civil Marriage Act, became law on July 20, 2005, legalizing same-sex marriage. 2007, police officer Filippo Rossiti's kill in a clash breaks out in the Sicily Derby between Catana and Palermo in the Serie A, the top flight of Italian football. This event led to major changes in stadium regulations in Italy. They made it a against the rules to kill somebody. The, um, in 2012, the ferry MV Rabul Queen sinks off the coast of Papua New Guinea. Near the Finschaffen district with an estimated 165 people dying. Well, yesterday, and I did the series of shows is because of request. I'm a 100% disabled veteran. I know a lot of other veterans who I've tried to help as much as I can understand the system that's become known as the, the VA system. And... It uses words of art instead of words with their normal English meanings. And sometimes that results in major confusion. And if you've never served in the military, it's like going to a different world. And a lot of things you're asked to do or are exposed to um, are deadly. Can hurt you in a Mississippi minute. I was sent to what was called the retirement area of the Army, the Panama Canal Zone, which was like stepping back to the 1950s. All you needed was Happy Day crew running around. And because of that, A lot of the normal rules and regulations, I guess you could say, were somewhat relaxed. Uh, Into the week prior to me getting there, you could have a live-in maid for, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a month. But the general that came in the week before I did wanted to make a name for himself, Weimar Richardson, and... He was going to bring the canal zone into the 20th century. Payment to um, employees of folks who lived in the zone literally doubled, which resulted in a lot of them losing their jobs because people couldn't afford to pay it. But he could pound his chest and strut about all the wonderful things he did. Uh first set of quarters I and my then family received was on uh, the naval base. And they were nice, no question about it. Had a maid's room. Had, um, the Coca-Cola truck came around, which I was fascinated by. I'd never seen that before. You know, in the States, the milk truck would come by. There, you could get soda, 
uh, I think you could get beer. And uh, then I moved to another set of quarters on the Army base. It was called uh, Karundu. And they were nice, kind of a step down from the, the quarters on the Naval base. But Navy's always had uh, better, uh, well, not better, but more sophisticated uh, facilities in the Army. And the... Uh, Medical care was good. Um, the problem is, it was policy that you could not go see one of the doctors. Such important people, don't you know? Unless you were sent by your battalion medic. Now, our, the medic for my battalion was special forces trained. If you had an injury to your arm and it was hanging on by a thread, you were fine. Band-Aid, some aspirin, you were good to go. I had an injury where I had a, uh, if you know anything about um, mechanized operations, we had armored personnel carriers, M113s, which were kind of junior tanks, I guess you could say. And you got into it from the rear, a troop ramp that would come down. And you'd walk up the ramp, and then the ramp would come up. There was also a door in the ramp. So you didn't have to drop the entire ramp, open the door, and pop out. And I was coming up on my command APC, and I yelled up to the, the TC of the... Uh, basically, it was, he was laughingly referred to as the transport commander. But... Um, I said, open the door, because I wanted to get into the APC. And I'm wearing a steel pot, and I've got my M16 over my shoulder. And, um, instead, uh, somebody misunderstood somebody, because instead of opening the door, they dropped the ramp. Now, sometimes systems would um, not act properly. And you'd have what was called a free-fall ramp. Which means when you hit the release, instead of going down slowly as it was supposed to, it would just drop. Well, we didn't know there was a malfunction on that particular APC. So the ramp came down, knocked me flat. It only weighed about 500 pounds. Um, had I been on concrete or hard scrabble, I would have probably been killed. But instead, there was jungle floor. And you could see the imprint of where I'd been flattened in the, uh, the jungle floor. Well, the, uh, it even vented the steel helmet that I was wearing. We call them steel pots. And sometimes you could use them as pots. But, um, My platoon medic, uh, sometimes we had him, sometimes we didn't, but that particular operation, we had one, came over and he said, I think you need to be checked out by the battalion um, aid station. So they called the battalion 
um, medic, and he came over and he said, well, a little bit of blood, but that wipes off, and I don't see any bone or anything like that, so you're fine. Here's what I consider a miracle drug, and he handed me a handful of ibuprofen. And uh, the next thing I knew, I woke up in the middle of a briefing two days later. I was doing the briefing about some attacks I had run that I'm told were absolutely brilliant. Of course, I didn't remember doing them, and I didn't remember what I was saying. Um, I mean, the whole thing was... If you, in, in the UFO field, you have lost time. And I had two days of lost time from the hit in the head. And I started having headaches. All in my mind, of course. Take some ibuprofen. And uh, then they said, well, it's your eyes. Sent me to the uh, optometrist on base. He said, I don't know what's wrong, but it's not your eyes. Well, eventually, um, time went on. And so the lieutenant has a headache, big deal. Well, it turns out um, fast forward 40 years and I got sent to a uh, neurosurgeon for an issue with my spine. And I've been having, still having the headaches, in fact, 24-7 for months on end. Not pounding, but constant and he said uh, I don't know what the issue is and my wife who's been in the medical this wife who's been in the medical field for 50 years said um, ask him could you have a TBI and I said I don't know what the hell a TBI is well that's a traumatic brain injury and there's different levels of brain injury when the brain gets knocked around inside the skull, uh, I mean, I was hit hard enough, it dented the steel helmet I was wearing. But if a field grade officer reports that anybody, especially a junior officer, was injured during training, there are major investigations. So they go the extra mile not to report it. Uh, they'll report anything but. Um, if he lost an arm, well, he's still got both legs and the other arm, so he's good. So it was finally determined that what happened to me 40-some years ago was, in fact, a TBI. And TBIs have all kinds of uh, after-effects and issues, especially when you don't get it treated. So that has opened up an area of, of the VA that uh, absolutely I was not aware of. Now, one of the big things you think about when you talk about the VA is medical care. But before you get that medical care, there is um, 
A determination made. Warrior injury service connected. Now, today, um, you can report them to the VA before you even get out. But not then. And of course, um, there's a lot of peer pressure not to report um, situations like this. Which, of course, is, is uh, detrimental to uh, the veteran's um, future. Now, when you leave service, you either leave under honorable conditions. It used to be honorable or dishonorable. Now there's categories within the dishonorable category. The, um, I mean, we had one guy in my platoon who uh, was a lunatic. No other way to say it. Absolute lunatic. And if you looked at him, he could take offense at that. He'd have gone on the attack. Um, in fact, I got called one day to come to the Sar uh, battalion sergeant major's office. And when I get there, the colonel and the S1 and the S2 and 3 are huddled outside the sergeant major's closed door. And it sounded like there was a war going on in there. And they saw me come up into the hall and they said, get in there and stop that. Now, each one of them was bigger than me and I'm 6'1". In those days, I weighed 149 pounds soaking wet. So, what the hell? I opened the door and I walked in. And there were fists flying and furniture being knocked over. And uh, The guy had the sergeant major back in the corner pounding on his head with... Uh, he had a uh, 155 uh, shell uh, casing that he'd turned into an ashtray. And the, the guy had that and was beating the crap out of him. And uh, I didn't think of anything else I could do, so I grabbed him by the collar and tossed him across the room. And um, he stopped. He just looked at me, and I said, you can swing at me. You may hit. With the sergeant major, you might get an Article 15. Hit an officer, you go to court-martial. Now, I didn't know if that was true or not, and neither did he. But he stopped at that point. Now, in the determination of whether or not um, you're entitled to VA benefits, and most people do not think of this when they're on active duty. Basically, the Army has to say, you're a good boy, you cleaned your plate, you made your bed, go forth and work with the VA. Um, most of the benefits you can find in Title 38 of the U.S. Code. Now, eligibility for most, not all, but most, VA benefits is based upon the discharge from active duty other, other than dishonorable conditions. Now, active service means full-time service, not ADT or uh, something like that. And it's not just the Army, but the Navy. That's 
may surprise many people that's considered military service, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, or a commissioned officer in the public health service. Now, if you serve during a wartime period, there are more and different benefits than if you served during a peacetime. Now, dishonorable and bad conduct discharges are issued by general courts martial can bar the recipient from VA benefits. And if you're in prison, you have to contact the VA and ask, are you eligible? And VA benefits uh, will not be, be provided to a veteran or even their dependent, because dependents of veterans are entitled to benefits. But you can't get it if you're wanted on an outstanding felony warrant. Now, if you're trying to get those benefits, for the very first time, you have to submit uh, the service discharge form. Uh, it's a DD-214, uh, or it could be a DD-215, but 15 is, a DD-214 has been modified to add something that was left off. A veteran service discharge form is um, a valuable document. It needs to be kept uh, accessible to the veteran or the next of kin. Now, if you're going to process a claim relating to the veteran's death, and Remember I mentioned yesterday my friend of 40 years who uh, refused to apply for benefits because that was charity. And uh, when he, I tried my best to get him to apply. He just would not do it. And he's one of those folks that believes, um, how did he put it? Um... Depending on the type of flag in the courtroom, that changed your the rights you have to due process. Uh, I forget what he called the, the type of law he believed in, but basically what it came down to is uh, he was deathly afraid the feds were going to show up at his door. He wouldn't even tear the tag off a pillar because it says that if you look at the tag on the pillar, it says do not tear off under penalty of law. Well, since those pillows passed the uh, state lines, he was positive that would bring in the, the FBI. And he's, okay, um, he has the aneurysm. He's in the hospital. I'm dealing with his niece, who is, uh, came across as a, uh, an intelligent woman. And he was absolutely mistreated during his medical care. And my wife had had uh, called someone she knew um, in regard to uh, Medicare. Uh, and they came in to investigate and said, yes, he was being mistreated. And they wanted to talk to her. And she said, oh, I can't do that. If they knew who, where I am, they may come get me. She never would say for what. Um, but she was another one that um, went from being the concerned relative to being the crazy lady. Now, in regard to a death, a veteran's death, the, the veteran marriage certificate for claims of surviving spouse or ch uh, children uh, 
wouldn't need to be produced. If a veteran didn't die in a VA health care facility, the death certificate has to be produced. And keep in mind that from having successfully served your country, spouses and children, and even grandchildren, can have access to benefits. But there is a, um, a paper trail that has to be uh, established. Now, annually, there are more benefits added. The PACT Act just passed, which uh, gave a lot more benefits, especially for those exposed to uh, toxic substances. Um, and even that changes. Uh, I mentioned I served in the Panama Canal Zone, and uh, my former stepdaughter, who uh, had been born there, was born with Wurtman-Hopland neurological syndrome. And my former son, who um, was with us there, died of a inexplicable brain tumor. They have no idea what caused it. And then I heard about Agent Orange. You have to remember, it doesn't affect just those that are exposed to it, but also future generations. And the um, my former wife's former husband had been an Army officer, and they had been in the canal zone while she was pregnant uh, with her first child, the one that was born with Wharton-Hoffman Neurological Syndrome. In fact, she was born in the Panama Canal Zone Hospital. Um, it turns out, and I wound up with the documents to prove this, too late for it to do any good, Agent Orange had been stored in the canal zone prior to being shipped overseas to Vietnam or Thailand or wherever it was going to be used. And elements of it, since it was such a phenomenal defoliant, it also was used in mosquito, uh, um, trying to suppress the mosquito population in various places. And it was used in the canal zone. And I remember in the evenings, there'd be clouds of that stuff rolling across the quarters areas. You couldn't help but be exposed to it. Now, the government has yet to admit, though tests have shown uh, the presence of Agent Orange, the government's yet to admit that Agent Orange was an issue in the canal zone. Now, a lot of benefits. You used to have to do everything by mail, but you can now do a lot of things online. Uh, you can apply for your benefits, view your disability compensation claim status, of access official military personnel documents, transfer entitlement of post-9-11 GI Bill to eligible dependents, obtain a VA guaranteed home loan certificate of eligibility, or register for and update direct deposit information online. That's one of them is www.ebenefits.va.gov. Now they have finally got their uh, thinking cap on and realized there's no reason you can't consolidate all the VA uh, 
um, websites, make it easy for the veteran, which is something totally uh, earth-shaking that somebody would actually want to do something beneficial for the veteran. Um, now, www.va.gov uh, is another um, place. And um, the Office of the VA Secretary is supposed to ensure integrity uh, by overseeing the system so there's no fraud, waste, or abuse in VA programs or operations. Uh, we just had uh, a total hatchet job done on our home by a... Uh, a VA contractor recommended by the VA under the Special Adaptive Housing Program. Well, they come in and do work to make it adaptive, uh, adapt the house to the disability of the veteran. This guy was out for the money, and he didn't care what he had to do to get it. Forge my name to a contract? But that's okay, because he's a wonderful guy. Takes his mother to lunch every Sunday. I never heard such... By the time they got through reading me the, the riot act for, def, for daring to think that he should have done his job properly, you'd have thought the Pope was going to canonize him next time he came by. Now, if you're a veteran and you haven't signed up for your benefits, I urge you to do it. Now, you can complete applications for enrollment in the health care by, by telephone. One eight seven seven two 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 vets. That's eight three eight seven, Monday through Friday from eight to eight, Eastern Standard Time. You can go online to va.gov, fill out an application, and submit it electronically. Or you can download the application form, fill it out, and mail it in. Or go to your local VA healthcare facility or VA regional office and apply in person. Now, keep in mind that um, when you're looking for um, medical care, sometimes, especially in smaller towns, you can't find the care that you need, even the doctor that you need. So what you have to do is find a specialist and go to uh, wherever that specialist is at. And that's one thing the VA does excel at. The problem is some of the doctors with the VA are just waiting to get that retirement document. And they kind of half-step, as they say in the military. Um, I dealt with one like that. In fact, I dealt with two like that. One of them I never saw in the entire year. He was my primary care physician. He would call me. And he had run through this litany. And he, pres he would prescribe whatever I want. If I wanted tier one drugs, he'd do it. Of course, it made no difference uh, whether or not... Uh, those drugs were something I needed. He just did it. 
And then he got arrested because he was uh, doing drug prescriptions in a, at a clinic in West Virginia at 3000 bucks a pop. The next one, um, anybody who disagreed with him was incompetent. And uh, he would make diagnosis off the cuff. And his... Um, I'd been exposed to toxic mold, and I, I told him that, and he said, well, I can't say that. If I do, I'll have to write a letter, and I'm a doctor, not a secretary. We're going to call it asthma. I said, I don't have asthma. He said, I'm the doctor. Yes, you do. So that uh, is still playing out. Uh, the VA recommended I file a federal tort claim action, and then those uh, folks in the medical facility here Helped him access my medical records so they'd be changed so he'd look good. They saw nothing wrong with that. After all, he's a doctor, don't you know? Now, the VA does meet a lot of needs for a lot of people. Even uh, the unique needs of women veteran. That doesn't get a lot of discussion. And um, if you're American Indian or Alaska Native... There are special uh, health services and treatment programs just for you. But you've got to go through um, the litany um, of um, procedures to sign up. Now, if you're an eligible uh, veteran, only pre-authorization, um, I mean, if the ambulance has to come get you, they just bill the VA. Um, now, um, I was listening to one individual talk, and he said, well, even if I'm enrolled in the VA, I still got to meet the, the uh, tax standards. And that... that because of that, I got to go get a uh, a uh, Medicare wrap. Well, in actuality, veterans enrolled with the VA for their health care meet the standard for minimum health care coverage required by law. So they're not uh, eligible for assistance to lower the cost of health care insurance premiums if they choose to to buy additional health care outside their VA health care coverage. If they're not eligible for VA uh, health care, then there are programs that they can uh, go to to get help with their insurance premiums. Now, veterans can't get a tax credit for themselves when enrolling inside the marketplace if they're enrolled with the VA for their health care. Um, there's some talk about changing that, but right now that is the law. Now, one of the things that you have to do in dealing with uh, health, uh, the tax area, and most veterans not getting VA disability compensation or pension payments have to provide a financial assessment on initial application to determine eligibility for free medical care, medication, or travel benefits. Guys, if you get in the program, 99% of your medical care is free. You served, you earned. 
Now, while many veterans qualify for free health care based on uh, VA compensable service-connected condition or some other special eligibilities, most veterans are required to complete that financial assessment time of enrollment to see if they do qualify for some kind of free health care services. And if your income exceeds the VA income limits, and those that choose not to complete the financial assessment at time of enrollment have to pay the required uh, co-payments. So it, it's not that they're wanting to get all this information so the FBI can get ready to pounce. What they're doing is determining what you're entitled to. And that's something I never could get my friend to understand until it was too late. Um, when I finally got him to fill out the forms, they were going to approve him. In fact, they showed up to give him the approval the day after he died. And that would have brought with it because of some of the conditions he had, retroactive compensa- disability compensation payments. But because he was dead his, uh, and he had not established next of kin since he didn't have any kids, that was it. It was over. Now, you know, the VA will even take care of beneficiary travel. If you have to go someplace and one of your your wife or your kids go with you. And a lot of it is based upon your service-connected disability rating. But you have to go through the um, PNC exam, that's pension and compensation, to determine uh, exactly what your condition is. Now, there's a lot of work they do at the VA on uh, readjustment for military service. Uh, they've got uh, vet centers that provide confidential community-based counseling, outreach, and referral services for a wide range of concerns. Um, that includes uh, active duty service members, veterans, uh, members of the National Guard and Reserves. If you served on active military duty in any combat theater or area of hostility, and I ask, and it doesn't include being married, um, you're eligible to go to one of these vet uh, centers, um, experience sexual trauma while serving on active duty, active duty for training or in active duty for training. I had one individual tell me, well, all they want to do is check off the box. That's true because the box brings with it certain um, entitlements. Home improvements, for example, structural authorizations. Um, I mean, you can, if you, even if you don't have a service-connected uh, disability, if you prove... If you've got a problem and you are a veteran, you can still get a couple of thousand dollars lifetime benefits to make home improvements or structural changes. And then there's special eligibility programs. Uh, I mean, the VA provides comprehensive health care benefits, including outpatient, inpatient, pharmacy, prosthetics, 
medical equipment and supplies for certain Korea and Vietnam veterans birth children diagnosed with spina bifida. Um, because remember, some of the things we get exposed to while serving may not affect us, but do affect future generations. Uh, services for blind and visually impaired veterans. Uh, you can get case management services at a VA medical center for and be an, admitted to an inpatient or outpatient VA blind or vision rehabilitation program. And while quite often these special programs uh, are for the government to be able to say, well, see, we're doing this. The VA goes out of its way to make the programs as effective as possible. There's mental health treatment. If you're eligible for VA medical care, you get general and specialty mental health treatment as needed. And these mental health services are available in primary care clinics. Uh, some of them are home-based. General and specialty mental health outpatient clinics, inpatient mental health units. There's residential rehabilitation and treatment programs, medical clinics, community living centers. Um, they've even got a, a uh, veterans crisis line. If you feel pushed to the wall, you can call. And uh, the VA will do everything it can to assist. Now there's, if you uh, have a dental disability, that's service-connected, or you're 100% disabled. Um, then VA even furnishes dental care. Now, the VA has a goal of making all veterans have access to good oral health care. But by law, they're limited to providing dental benefits to those who meet certain eligibility requirements. One more time, criteria. And to help veterans who aren't eligible for VA dental benefits or need more comprehensive dental care, um, enrolled veterans and beneficiaries um, can uh, get in CHAMPA, CHAMPA, CHAMP VA. Um, and through CHAMP VA, uh, buy dental insurance at a reduced cost <coughs> through the VA dental insurance program. Now, the, um, my wife has that. It's, it's a good program. The uh, VA Dental Insurance Program provides eligible individuals the opportunity to buy discounted dental insurance coverage. I think our program's through MetLife. There's also De Delta Dental of California. Um, but it includes diagnostic services, preventive services, endodontic, restorative services, surgical services, emergency services. Now, you have to pay the premium in addition to uh, any co-pays, but um, it takes it down drastically. And enrollment is voluntary, doesn't affect eligibility for VA outpatient dental services and treatment. Now, keep in mind that um, there are some VA facilities who um, cater to dependents. Uh, they're small enough or um, their caseload is not um, unusually high. 
and you can get a lot of benefits there as well. So you need to inquire. Now, now there are institution-based services such as nursing homes uh, available to veterans through three national programs. There's VA-owned and operated community living centers, state veterans' homes owned and operated by the states, and the community nursing home program. Now, the state veterans' home uh, got a bad rap here because one of the um, caregivers punched out a veteran and he eventually died. But that is the exception to the rule. Uh, generally, they um, give top-notch care. Now, also keep in mind, if you're in the VA system, as I said, you can get emergency medical care. Now, medical emergency is generally defined as a condition of such a nature that a sensible person would expect that a delay in seeking immediate medical attention would be hazardous to health or uh, life which is vague enough to cover literally anything except a hangnail. So eligible veterans, which is anybody who's enrolled in the system uh, generally, may receive emergency care at a community health care facility, generally at the VA expense. One of the VA facilities, you're the federal health care facility, in which the VA has an agreement, can't furnish sufficient care. Um, I've got a condition called Tietze syndrome, which mimics a heart attack. And on one occasion, um, we thought I was having a heart attack. Was went to my primary care physician, who at that point in time was out in the community, who immediately sent me to the hospital. And I stayed for a week before one um, old doctor. I mean, he was old. When I say old, I mean old. And he walked in, he looked at the chart, looked at me, and he said, you got Tietze syndrome, you don't have a heart attack, get up. Sick people need that bed. Now, what's Tietze syndrome? It's costochondritis, which at the time I contracted it, two doctors I came in contact with, both of them in uh, South America, knew what it was. Now, there's urgent care facilities available. Um... If you're traveling overseas, um, there can be uh, the Veterans Foreign Medical Program can provide health care payment or reimbursement to U.S. veterans with VA-rated service-connected conditions who live or travel abroad. I mean, they try to cover everything they can. The problem is they don't tell anybody about most of this. Then there's the caregiver programs. Uh, caregivers, and that's maybe your spouse, it may be somebody you've hired, are eligible for a host of VA services, including services offered under the program for of general caregiver support services. Um, includes training, education, respite care, self-care courses, caregiver support uh, lines are available. And these services are available to all support all caregivers where the VA is enrolled for health care, whether the veteran is enrolled for health care with the VA, at, um, regardless of illness or injury. Um, 
Now, we have um, numerous categories that need to be investigated. Uh, one of them is traveling veterans. Enroll veterans who get their health care with the VA will get the same coordinated care, whether they're a local VA treatment site or an alternate VA site of care. Um, all you have to do is let your uh, patient-aligned care team know four to six weeks ahead of time that you're going to travel. And they'll coordinate care at alternate VA facilities. I mean, it, it, if you can get through the crap, it's a phenomenal system. Now, we're going to do one more show tomorrow about decoding the VA system. And I'm going to get down to uh, talking about some of the non-healthcare benefits that are absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, But to, for today, we're running out of time. So until tomorrow at this time, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.